Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're heading back to school. Grab your backpack and your lunchbox and maybe some uh, juice boxes, and uh, let's get this thing rolling. And the reason for this theme is to remind us all that uh, it's always important to continually learn and grow and develop. And so all my guests this month are helping us to, you know, engage in that learning process and maybe walk away with some things that we hadn't thought about before. My guest today, his story is definitely going to make you think about things that you have not thought about before. Um, But I think it's also going to have a lot of magic in it where he took his story and turned it into his own book. At 22 years old, John Davis's spine broke in half, ah, dashing his dreams of being a stuntman, a fight director, and a martial artist. And doctors told him some news, as you could probably imagine, uh, having your spine broken in half, that he would never walk again. You know, if you don't walk again, you obviously aren't going to have that kind of physical career. But I think he might have showed them a little thing or two. He uses now what he calls the 5F formula. And through this, he overcame the limiting beliefs that others had of him and brought himself back. He went on to perform over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world, including performing at more than 100 shows on the most remote bases in Iraq and Afghanistan on six different USO tours. He's now an internationally known speaker, comedian, fight director and action hero, a corporate action hero, as we're going to hear more (laughs) about that. And as an international entertainer, John has traveled extensively throughout the world, speaking to audiences of all ages and backgrounds in 30 countries and over 4,000 live performances, which means he's a little exhausted. And by the way, he told me before we started taping, he's also taped over 112 uh, podcasts since the beginning of 2021. And that's even prior to this episode airing. He encourages the audiences to set their goals and reach their highest potentials and awaken their inner action hero. So John, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to uh, help your audience shock their own potential. I love it. You have an amazing background, clearly, but it probably didn't feel so amazing at 22 uh, <laughs> oh. when all that happened. So tell us a little bit more in your own words about your story and how it led to where you are today and how through what you do now, you help people to shock their potential. Sure. Basically, back when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a swashbuckler. Uh, mm. As I was saying before we got on the air today, I, that I wanted to be Robin Hood. And yeah. I was the kid with the stick in my hand, pretending it was a sword, swinging from trees, doing all the crazy things kids did. I was really lucky. I had thousands of acres of woods behind my house and I knew every square inch of it. Uh-huh. And uh, that kind of kept manifesting into the idea that I wanted to do sword fighting. And I ended up getting drugged to a Renaissance festival and started working at a Renaissance festival in Maryland. And I met two of the top fight directors in the country and they gave me some a, a great gift. 
they gave me a series of positive reinforcement that I had never gotten from my alcoholic and abusive father. And so I ended up having these two gentlemen who were just wonderful men also say to me that they thought I had talent as an actor and a combatant. And they ended oh. up giving me all their training for free, oh, and, which was amazing. So here I was. So I was feeling real good about myself. I was going for my black belt. I had long Fabio hair in those days, as opposed to this Telly Savalas thing I got going on now. <laughs> that's not a bald head. That's a solar panel for a love machine. Anyway, but I really wanted to do that stunt thing. And at that point, I was strong. I was buff. And I was really feeling like a rock hard masculine guy. Right. And yeah. a buddy of mine says, hey, why don't you come over to my house and help me unload my van? I said, sure, no problem. Because to me, it was just one more workout. I was right. really into that sort of physical mindset. And I get to his house. He was a professional potter. He had a van that filled with 80 pound boxes of clay. And I climbed up in the van. I picked up the very first box. And I turned to set it outside of the van and my spine broke in half with oh that little twisting action. God. Oh my and God. Just by that, that little tiny twisting action. And I was in really good health and oh. took me to the hospital. Doctor says, uh, Mr. Davis, you have a condition in a spina bifida occulta, to which I promptly said, Gesundheit. <laughs> 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 and then he said, um, you're probably never going to walk again. Oh. And even if you do, you definitely will never be able to have a physical career. You need to change your goals. Oh, and boy. I'm lying in that hospital bed and I go into some very deep, dark places. I bet. Um, at 22, you have those big dreams and you basically you're saying the rest of your life, which is the majority of your life yeah. is gone. Yeah. And all the things you wanted to do achieve. And I uh, was lying in that bed and a, a friend of mine came in and he, and he, he did something which if you look back at it now, it could have been a cruel joke at the time, but it wasn't. It was yeah. one of the greatest things that could have ever happen. He brought me a book to read while I was in the hospital. And it was called The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. So oh. he brought the martial artist who was just told he'd never do martial arts again, a book yeah. by the greatest martial artist that ever lived about martial arts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But come to find out when Bruce wrote that book, he was in traction in the hospital, had just been told he'd never do martial arts again. Oh, I and didn't even know that. Yeah. All the movies that you've ever seen Bruce Lee in happened after he damaged his back so bad he was told he'd never do martial arts again. I had no a, idea. I had no idea amazing? about that piece of information. It's so a, it was a great incredible. book for him to bring you. Absolutely. And when I started reading that book, that book is about his philosophy of martial arts, not about technique. It's mm -hmm. about his philosophy. And I found a couple of things that I latched onto very quickly. One of them was staying very present, mm -hmm. staying in my present moment. And the other one was mental flexibility. Whenever there's an adversity that comes up by staying very flexible in those moments, you can achieve anything. And because I had to stay very present, which meant I could not invest in the future that the doctors were giving me. I couldn't take their belief. I had right. to take my own belief. And so that day I took my moment and I said, okay, what am I going to do? Well, who am I going to be? And I said, I am going to be a stuntman. I am going to be a fight director. I am doing this. And that day I started flexing the muscles of my upper neck. Mm -hmm. And I slowly over the course of a month flexed all the muscles down my back until I got to my injury. Right. And then I flexed my hips, which was wow. below the injury. Right. The doctors were blown away. You know, within a month I was moving the hips that they thought might never move again. Right. A couple of weeks later, I was able to sit up and walk down the hallway and go to the bathroom on my own, which had not happens in month. Right. And then at a year, I was back to what I would say was um, normal physicality, not back to my rock hard masculine self. But, <laughs> but was your hair still long and Fabio gorgeous? My, my, my hair was still long and Fabio, you know, you know, when I finally got rid of that hair, it started to slide back on the top. And I used to wear these little wire rim glasses. And one day I looked in the mirror and Ben Franklin looked back at me. So I cut all that crap off. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so here I was um, not taking their belief, doing what I had to do. 
And yeah. at a year and six months, I was back to my full physical self again. I was going back for my black belt. I was doing everything I want to do. And I gave myself a gift. And that gift was I climbed up on top of a three-story tower and I jumped off into a fall pad and landed perfectly. John. And I went on. You said John, earlier, even, I did Even though I know it all came out all right. I'm like, what? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because I said that I couldn't take the doctor's beliefs. Right. Now, the doctor was telling me those things out of the caring of his own heart. Right. He didn't want me to, you know, get invested in a future that wasn't possible. And my family was the same way. Mm -hmm. They did not want me to get invested in being a stuntman when it wasn't a possibility. Right. I could not take their belief. Yeah, I, I agree. could not take that belief. So I had to take my own. And I think it's great that I understand how they were doing it out of the love and kindness of their heart, but I couldn't take their belief, right? Yeah, so, I mean, the loving kindness of their heart or even the doctor put limits on you and you're like, you don't get to be the one to tell me where the boundaries are. Right. And I'm really lucky because, you know, I was raised as a young Catholic boy. I did the altar boy and I did the whole mm -hmm. thing. And my mother had her master's degree in liturgy. And when I turned 18, she said, John, spirituality is a personal journey. You need to find your own path. And I traveled yeah. all over India and all through the Middle East. And I studied every form of spirituality I could find. And I found universal truth in all of it. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at what I did to get out of that bed right now, I come back ah. to a couple of things. One of them is Buddha says, what you think you become, you create your world. Yes. Gandhi says, you must be the change you want to see in your world. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And mm -hmm. um, Jesus said, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. But Moses said, God's name is I am. Mm -hmm. And I am is your present moment, not your I will be or I was. Ah. And even the word amen means so be it right now. Yeah. And so you have to sit and get into that present moment and realize that you are the creator of that experience. Because that quote I said from Jesus was, um, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. That's not the good quote. The next line is the good quote. It's the one where he says, nothing will be impossible for you. Ah, beautiful. And yes. And to me, I look at it, I was like, nothing was impossible. Now, what did that, how did that manifest in the rest of my life? I became a professional stuntman, a fight director. I did over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows called Hack and Slash all over the world. I worked in Hollywood with movie stars. I broke bottles over Brad Pitt's head. Nice. <laughs> you know, I have climbed Mount Sinai. I've climbed Machu Picchu. I swam in the Blue Lagoons of Iceland. I have done everything that I have ever wanted to do since. Became a college professor. I ran theme parks. Now I'm a keynote speaker. And mm -hmm. what I do now is I go into uh, corporations and I awaken the interaction heroes and their teams and get them moving. Now, why did I become a keynote speaker? Because I was doing my comedy sword fighting show and yeah. I found I was enjoying the time off the stage more than I was on the stage. <laughs> Because off the stage, I was sitting in the audience talking to people, awakening their interaction here, getting them oh, yeah. back on their path and getting them over their adversity. And so I said, now, how can I take that thing that I love now and combine it with the cool things that I love over here? How can I use whips and nunchucks and still do that? Right. <laughs> and yeah. so, so now I go I'm, as the corporate action hero, I go into companies and I bring something that's so unique. I don't bring any PowerPoint presentation. I yeah. bring whips and nunchucks and comedy into a, a program. And I love it. The final thing thing I do in my main keynote speech, I have multiple keynote speeches, but my main one, the corporate action hero, I pick the most timid person I can find in my audience. I bring them to the stage and under five minutes time, that timid person learns to crack a whip and hit targets out of my hand. Oh my. Okay. That's <laughs> memorable. That's yeah. a good stick. I like it. That will make people not only excited and interested, but they will remember and your message will really root. You anchor it in their mind. And then what's interesting is the content that I bring is six months 
down the road, if they're not implementing on the content I bring, all the CEO has to do is say, remember what the whip guy said? Because yeah. the whip itself is a neural anchor. Yeah. You know, they have connected all of my content to that whip and that sound, that plosive sound. And yeah. so by saying that, it, all that content comes right back into their head and they can re-implement. Oh, John, I love it. I love <laughs> it. I love everything about your story. Um, but I especially love, you know, this sense of, you know, why would any of us put limits on ourselves or allow others even worse to put limits on us and then feel that we're bound to them? Right. And what's really interesting is when you look at your life, you know, you only have one moment that you can do thought, word, and deed. Yeah. And all your past really is, your, all your subconscious belief really is, is memories of present moments. Mm -hmm. And so many people sit in this moment and they live in the victim mode of those past moments. Yes. And mm -hmm. because of that, they're, they're negatively focused. And when they get negatively focused, your, your subconscious mind has two jobs. The first job is to store those memories and give you that subconscious belief. Mm -hmm. The other job it does, and is the interesting one, is to show you what you're focused on. Right. So if you ever have known a negative person, you know they always have something to be negative to, be to talk always. about. Always. Always. Right. Yes. Because they focus on negative and it shows, shows them negative. To give yeah. you an example, I love Jeeps. I've had six of them in my life. I've got one in my garage right now that's up on 35-inch tires and all kinds of cool <laughs> stuff. Love it. And even the license plate even says action here on it. <laughs> um, but when I drive down the road, I see every Jeep on the road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because my conscious mind is focused there. My subconscious mind shows it to me. Yeah. The problem with negative people is they live in victim mode. Yeah. So they're focused on victim mode. So their subconscious mind shows them victim mode. So it's this never ending treadmill of yeah. negativity. And the only way you break that cycle is to do what Jesus said, which was be born again, start mm -hmm. over, take yep. your present moment and start stacking positive, successful present moment. Here's yeah. the other thing that I find, especially going into a new school year, you know, for students and teachers, they're looking at this year coming up and they're thinking, oh my God, it's big, it's daunting, it's looming over top of me, right? <laughs> But the successful outcome of this next year mm. isn't going to magically appear in your present moment. No. Right? Because you can't do anything next Thursday right now. Right. <laughs> right, right. Right. You can only do it right now. So your key really is, is to say here in this moment, make this moment as positive and successful as possible. Mm. And that outcome will come and surround your present moment experience. It's coming to you. You don't have to get to it. Yeah. And the more you say positive, the more you create this positive cycle behind you. And the more you say positive, that positive thing is coming to you. And so that's how you create your future. And that's how you Absolutely. get through this next school year too. <laughs> Absolutely. I was the weird kid because I loved, like all my friends are like, I can't believe we have to go back to school. And I'm like, I can't wait to get to school. Because I always felt like every new school year, I got a chance to be a new person again. Like it was a do-over. It was like, hey, I can make make new friends. I can hit new heights. I don't know what's ahead of me. I was always so excited. And they're like, uh, whatever, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I was the overweight introverted kid who was bullied through his entire school time. Oh. And so when I look at the kids going back to school right now, I feel for the ones who are, who feel marginalized, Yeah, you know, race, creed, color, sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. I feel for all of them in a very big way. But the interesting thing is when I look back at my high school days now, yeah. and I go back to my hometown, all the people who are the most cool in high school, still have mullets. <laughs> right, right. And I go to a bar and they walk over, hey, how you doing, John? And they're trying to be all cool. And I start talking to them. Well, what have you been doing with your life? Oh, I don't know. Well, I, well, when I was climbing Mount Sinai and when I went to Machu Picchu, when I was on the front lines of Iraq, and I start telling these stories and they're just blown away. Because, like, what? 
the fat kid in the corner did what? (laughs) And I'm like, I've had a much more exciting life than any of them really. But, um, and it's only because I knew I could, and I didn't get invested into power moments. They got their power moment was I'm the quarterback. That was their power moment. And then they stagnated, but life is about motion. And if you're not moving, you know, water in nature flows downhill when it's flowing. It's full of life. It's full of oxygen. Take that same water and put it in a puddle. It becomes stagnant and poisonous and bugs lay their eggs in it. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving forward and trying something new. Amen. Well, we're going to take a quick break, John, here from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukua Biz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z dot com. And we are back with John Davis. My face hurts from smiling so much because there's so much positivity flowing. And before I ask you what you're going to teach us, because you're already teaching us a lot. I just had one last thought is, you know, we were talking about positive people versus negative people. And I always think that people are so negative. It takes so much energy. I mean, like it must be a lot of work to be that unhappy. I'm like, how about just try being happy for a day? Cause it's a whole lot more fun. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Now, when I look at negative, people. I look at it. I have a hard time with negativity because I'm such a positive person anyway. I mean, I walk through my life with a smile on my face, which is fascinating, by the way. If you walk through life with a smile on your face, start just doing that and watch what happens to other people who walk by you. What I find interesting is I see people all the time who look up at me and get shocked and smile back. Exactly. But it's a shock at first because they don't see people smiling. I know. know? And the world is 99% positive. Yeah. Well, if you think about it this way, you know, I live in Akron. If If I was working in Cleveland and living in Akron, It'd be a 30 minute commute, which means I'd pass a thousand cars on the road every day, right? Which means once a day, I might see a car off to the side of the road with a fender bender, right? right? Tonight on the news, the thing that they're going to focus on is the anomaly, the thing that's different, the accident, that negative thing that happened. What should be the number one thing on the news tonight is that 999 cars made it safely to their destination without a problem. You're right. And it makes me, I thought you were going to say, and I just, then I wave at them every time in the car. Like for, you know, when you're on a boat, everybody in a boat waves at everybody on the boat. It's such a positive experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with Jeeps. Jeeps. Every Jeep guy waves to another Jeep guy, which is interesting because we have a hierarchy in Jeeps, you know, Wranglers wave at Wranglers. We don't wave at Liberties. <laughs> oh, my daughter has Liberty. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I love it. Well, John, all month long, I'm asking my guests to help teach us something. And you've already been teaching us a lot, but do you have something specific that you'd like to teach us today? Yes. The number one thing that stops everybody from achieving their goals The number one thing that is prevalent in every measure of achievement is how you manage fear. The first of the five is called fearlessness. Interesting thing that I want to teach your audience that is one of the quickest and easiest way to get out of your own way is to realize a couple of things. I ask audiences all over the world to give me a definition of fear. 
And the first thing that they say is nothing. The room goes silent. It, they, they can't come up with a good example of what fear is. And then somebody in the back of the room will say the old trope, you know, false evidence appearing real. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Ooh, nice radio I, voice. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Luke. I am your father. Uh, <laughs> um, false evidence appearing real. I don't buy that answer, though, because the reality of it is, is this fear, when you break it down scientifically, is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. Yes. Because if you were focused on a positive outcome, you wouldn't be you afraid. You wouldn't be afraid. Right, mm -hmm. right. So fear really comes down to negatively focused uncertainty. Yeah. And so the problem is when people get into a fear, they feel like they can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And there's a very specific physiological response that happens because of the fight or flight response. Now, do you watch National Geographic shows on TV? Yes. Yes, okay. I do. Every one of those episodes has a doomed gazelle. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Poor gazelles. I know they're it's always it's eating. It's <laughs> sitting down, <laughs> eating in the room, right? And then the, then, the, then the cat hits the field, right? The big predator yeah, cat. Exactly. First thing the gazelle does is this. It goes, <gasps> gasp true. for air. Gasp for air. And if you're listening to this and you have kids, I can guarantee you, you have seen your kid almost get hurt and you have gone, <gasps> right? You've done yeah. the same exact thing, right? right. Or if you watch- Well, that's what movies, I did when they... you told me that you jumped off the building and I went- <gasps> Right, you went, <gasps> right? That is a primal response. That is a, a natural primal response from the, our caveman days, right? And we all have that same response. The interesting thing is when people feel like they are in fear, it's not that they can't breathe. It's that their body is conserving air so they can run further and faster. Right, right. But when you take an actor on Broadway who walks on stage and they're all prepared and they, they walk on stage and they forget their lines. Oh, yeah. They are trained to do one thing and one thing only. They are trained to exhale and relax the muscles of their body. And when they exhale and relax the muscles of their body, their survival response turns off and their cognitive thinking brain turns back on and all their lines rush back into their head. Yeah. Because that primal response you have of fear is an exhalation, yeah. right? It's a gasp for air. Yeah. The way you break it is to exhale, so right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm standing on the front lines of Iraq and I'm talking to guys. I'm like, you're about to go out on a mission. And you know, you might get shot at or blown up. How do you do that? And they said, well, first of all, we plan. Yeah. But then before we go out on the mission, we all get together and go, okay, <sighs> we're doing this. And they exhale, right? Yeah. So they get that fearlessness by just releasing it, right? The other thing is, is that when people feel like they're in fear and they feel like they can't breathe, I just said it in an interesting way. I said, in fear, mm. right? That's a mental state. That's not yes. a reality state. Yep. So if you believe you're in something, that means you can't control it. Yes, right? yes. But the second you take the second to exhale and go, oh, it's just fear and label it. Now it's an external. Yeah. Now you can do whatever you want with it. And that's really important. The next thing those soldiers did on the front lines is to say, not only did we release our fear, but we have an objective. We have something to focus on. Right. You get fearlessly focused, right? Once yeah. they get fearlessly focused. focused and they get to the fearless focus and they go, okay, we're just going to achieve it. For me, getting out of the bed, I am a stuntman. Yeah. I'm going to be a stuntman, yeah. right? Fearlessly focused. Then you have to work on belief, faith, mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. So you have that faith. Do you have faith? Sometimes faith is only developed by results over time. Mm. And so you go past faith and come back to it, which is the next step, which is follow through. Right. Just start stacking present moment successes and your faith will build. Some people can take the leap of faith and just have believe it. I am one of those people now because yeah. of my experiences. And the last one is flexibility. Mm. When something comes up that seems contrary to what you're trying to achieve, you have to stay flexible in those moments. Bruce would say, be like water, Bruce Lee. 
He'd say, you come to a rock and you flow around it, over it, and over time through it. But for me, when I look at this from the perspective of conscious and subconscious mind, I look at it as if I'm focused on my Jeep, my subconscious Mm -hmm. mind is showing me Jeeps, right? right? If I'm focused on a goal and my subconscious mind shows me something that seems like it's going to stop me from getting to my goal, I have to keep my mind in play and say, no, I'm focused on the goal. So my subconscious mind is showing this to me so that I see what I have to clear out of the way. Yeah, I like that. And so if you're focused positively, you can achieve anything you want in your life. And I literally am the proof of it. Yeah. Right. So you have to fearlessly focus with faith and follow through with flexibility. It's a lot of those apps are, and I like it. Those, <laughs> those are the five apps. And that's the gift that I want to give your audience today is that 5F yeah. workbook. And I say it's a gift because of the fact that it is free and there's no, I don't even take an email address or anything, but that 5F workbook is a way of you going through your own process of overcoming your fear, setting new goals and moving forward that way. Yes. And I know we'll have the link in here, but just for any anybody who's looking up right now, what's the best way for them to find that workbook? That workbook is really easy. Go to www.corporateactionhero.com slash gift, G-I-F-T. Now, if you go to my, just to my website, you're not going to find it. This is specifically for podcast audiences. I love it. And I know we're going to have all the rest of your contact information on the show notes, but is that where you want people to go is corporateactionhero.com? What's the best way for them to find you? Well, if you go to corporateactionhero.com, you're going to find LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and all that is there. If you go on to uh, YouTube, Corporate Action Hero, I do a daily vlog. So you get mm-hmm. a small piece of daily motivation every day. It's also on my website as well. Um, I also have the Inner Action Hero podcast. And for those of you who want to hear about my spiritual stuff, I have the Spirit Cafe podcast as well. Um, Spirit Cafe, sh- nice. Spirit Cafe. Me and uh, Tamara's owner, two recovered Catholics, talk about spirituality without the, without the guilt or dogma of religion. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I'm a recovering Catholic too, but I don't know that I've gotten rid of the guilt yet. So I'm still working <laughs> on that. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I work on it every day. <laughs> well, when your songs say that you're a wretch, it's usually <laughs> it's saved a wretch like me, right? You know, exactly. Okay. That's programming there. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. Oh my God. I'll get there. John, this is fantastic. Before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice, even though you've given us so much so far? Absolutely. Today's choices are tomorrow's outcomes. Mm. Take today and make it positive and successful and make good choices. And here's the big nugget of all this. When one of the moments doesn't go well, don't beat yourself up Mm. because beating yourself up is just wasting the next moment. Yeah. Go, you know, you go, oh, I'm so dumb. That's why I went bald because I kept doing this all the time. (laughs) Not going to hear what's up, man. But the thing is, is that's a wasted moment where I could just say, oh, well, that's silly. I don't do that. I laugh at those moments now, whereas before I used to struggle with them. Yeah, I love it, John. You are just incredibly positive and just incredible stories that are going to motivate all my listeners today. Thank you so much for being a guest. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoy your energy as well. And I really wish I had your hair. <laughs> we can work on that. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.